Guys Drinking Whiskey Podcast, where we drink and discuss whiskey from all across the globe. Everything from the top of the liquor store shelf to the dusty bottoms of the discount bin. Let's go. All right, folks, welcome back. It is time for part six, the final part of the new to whiskey mini series. We're going to talk about some Canadian whiskey. I know we've been on this path for a little bit now. We've covered all the basics, I think, that you can cover for whiskey at this point when it comes to introductory stuff. We focused on bourbon first, and then we focused on American rye, American single malts, that kind of stuff. And we went into Irish whiskey, we did Japanese whiskey, we did scotch. What am I missing? I'm missing something. Anyway, we're on to part six now, and we're going to cover Canadian whiskey, which is a huge part of the whiskey world. Depends on where you live. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. We've been doing this little mini-series here. If you want to start from the beginning, go back to episode 121, I think, and we kind of start there and just kind of break down all of the basics of some of the most popular whiskeys that you can find in your liquor store. Uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback from people that are just new to whiskey that enjoy the podcast, but maybe they're not as well-versed in some of the the nerdier aspects of the shows, like discussing mash bills and nuances and barrel finishes and some of the crazier stuff. We're just kind of breaking it down to basics for people so they understand what these different whiskeys actually are. So here we are. Now, when it comes to Canadian whiskey, they're going to be very synonymous with American whiskey in a lot of ways, except for the fact that once, well, it's made in Canada. <laughs> I always call it Canada. It's Canada. Think about how it got so popular in the United States. So Canada did have a prohibition period, too, right around the same time that the United States did. It only lasted for about 10 years. The United States, I think, lasted a little bit longer than that. I don't know exactly for sure. I'd have to look that up. But anyway... If you were from the north or anywhere along the Canadian border, chances are you probably would be able to get your hands on Canadian whiskey a little easier than you would maybe getting whiskey from Kentucky, for instance. So that has a lot of reason to do why there is so much Canadian whiskey in our area up north here and why it's so popular. Um, a lot of the other stuff has to do also with when it was back in a lot of the Canadian whiskey companies such as Crown Royal did a ton of sponsoring and marketing with the rodeos with like cowboys and stuff like that. So you see a lot of Americana, a lot of cowboys drinking Crown Royal over like you'd think they would drink bourbon, but most cowboys would drink Crown Royal over at that point. So that's another little tidbit for you. But I think what makes Canadian whiskey different than any other whiskey is that they distill their grains separately as we're in America, if you look at a bourbon, for instance, we talked about they have what's called a mash bill where they will take corn and barley and rye and they will put that together. They will mash that. They will cook that down. They will distill that. And what comes out is the whiskey that's been distilled from those three grains together. Now, most Canadian whiskeys will do that process separately. So they will distill all of the corn grain into one product, they will distill all of the 
rye grain into one product and they will distill all of the barley into one product. And then they will blend those after the fact. So most whiskeys that come from Canada, <laughs> most whiskeys that come from Canada are going to be blended whiskeys. So that's just kind of the way they do things up there. There is some that are not blended. You can get some 100%. And there are some other brands that will distill um, the grains together as well. But if you're thinking Canadian whiskey, like usually what you see on the shelf, everything from Crown Royal down to Black Velvet, down to JP Weiser's, Canadian Club, Windsor, all of those are going to be blended whiskeys at some point in the process. And they may not all have actual like pure whiskey too. They may have some... Uh, neutral grain spirits in there as well depending on the price but i think when it comes to canadian whiskey the cost on there is usually going to be pretty affordable because they do make a lot of it they make a lot of it in bulk and they blend it very easily and it's just a huge export into our country it's one of the biggest brands i think irish whiskey and canadian whiskey were the two biggest actual whiskey brands in the in the country for quite some time if you are living up here in wisconsin Canadian whiskey is still huge. I think bourbon has definitely kind of picked up the reins a little bit in the past 10 years or so. But if you go to any standard little small bar, you're probably going to see just as much Canadian whiskey behind the bar, different variations than you will see of actual legitimate bourbon behind the bar. So that's what I, one thing that I always thought was interesting is because there's so many different Canadian whiskey brands out there. Uh, there's some really good ones, though. I'm not just going to shit on all Canadian whiskey and say that it's all cheap rail crap but most of it is personally (laughs) yeah but crown royal is definitely one of the higher quality offerings they have everything from just your basic they have a ton of flavored stuff too which we won't get into and they do have some higher end offerings that can be you know a couple hundred dollars for a bottle of crown royal which seems silly to me i've never purchased one of those but if you have an uncle or an aunt that is a huge crown royal fan and you want to spend a couple hundred bucks on them that might be a nice gift get them one of those nice baller 18 year crown royals or something like that they're pretty fancy there's also a single barrel canadian whiskey called caribou crossing which if you were thinking from a bourbon standpoint like look at the bottle of blanton's everybody who's kind of into whiskey knows what blanton's is well canadian whiskey has one called caribou crossing and it looks very similar instead of having a horse on top it's got a caribou on top it's got the wax on top and it is a single barrel offering and we actually did an episode on the podcast a while ago where we put Caribou Crossing up against Blanton's and Blanton's was the clear winner on that one, but still kind of a cool bottle. I would say one of the big things about Canada is they're really known for their rise. So even though they were making what I guess you would consider just a Canadian whiskey, when they added rye to those blends, it was then called a rye whiskey. So very often if it was a rye whiskey, like if it was Canadian whiskey, they just called it a rye whiskey, just kind of off the bat. It was very synonymous with the two. So much different than the American style ryes, the Canadian ryes have their own profile, and some of them are very good. Uh, I, the Canadian Club 100% rye, I think, was pretty good. We did that one on the show with Alberta Premium Cash Strength Rye, which is another 100% rye. That one was very good, and it was cast strength, so it was very strong. There's not a ton of cast strength offerings of Canadian whiskey either. Another little sub area for Canadian whiskey is they make a ton of what's called light whiskey. 
I'm sure when you think of light whiskey, you're thinking maybe, oh, it's a whiskey that's going to be only 40 proof instead of 80 proof, you know, or it's going to be lighter. Like you've seen some like Mount Royal Light or some of the, the lighter offerings of hard liquors. This is going to be almost the complete opposite. Uh, light whiskey is only light because they distill it at a higher level. So it's actually going to be, you know, put in the barrel at a much higher proof and it's going to be distilled at a much higher proof opposed to like a regular whiskey. And what that's doing is that's burning off a ton of those like flavor profiles called conagers. So they're basically making Everclear. And then the way they age it in barrels will give it that nice kind of whiskey color. But yeah, light whiskey also, maybe you've heard of what's called uh, hazmat whiskey. A lot of that stuff comes from Canada and it is good, but it's very strong. Tends to be a lot smoother for how high proof it is, but it's, it's very interesting and I would definitely try it if you ever get the chance. If you're interested in trying some Canadian whiskey, you could always, like I said, go to any bar and try a multitude of like cheap offerings, but some nice like high-end offerings. Like I said, there's there's higher-end Crown Royal. There's Lot 40. J.P. Weiser's has some nice age-stated stuff. And then there's a ton of whiskey brands out there that are sourcing stuff from Canada that is actually pretty good. So I know some of the Whistle Pig stuff is going to be from Canada. So I'm just kind of keep that in mind as well. So if you're going Canadian, maybe shoot for the rise from Canada. <sighs> well, I think that about does it for the whiskeys from all across the globe. Of course, that's not all the whiskey from across the globe. There's obviously many of other countries that make whiskey. There's probably thousands of different labels out there from the world. Uh, Heaven Hill in America here has over 100 labels alone. Uh, Sazerac has 450 worldwide. Sazerac is a uh, Buffalo Trace, if you weren't aware of that. But yeah, so all the places we talked about so far, out of all of those, none of those make the largest amount of whiskey in the world. The country that makes the most whiskey is actually India. Granted, they don't have many like very popular brands here in America, but if you've seen Paul John or Amrut or Imperial Blue, those are some of the biggest brands. Actually, they make the top four whiskeys in the world, according to Forbes magazine. Johnny Walker comes in at number five. Jack Daniels comes in at number six. There's French whiskey. There's German whiskey. There's Taiwanese whiskey. If you've seen Kavalon, that is a Taiwanese whiskey. There is Icelandic whiskey. Uh, my buddy Rich had a bottle called Floki, and we tried that, and it was honestly pretty harsh. <laughs> wouldn't go there again, but at least I can say I've tried Icelandic whiskey before. All that being said, hopefully this little new to whiskey thing has helped you better understand the world of whiskey, and hopefully this will help you find what's right for you. Personally, I've not tried everything. Every chance I get, I want to try something new, so I would encourage you to do the same as well. Personal preference for me does tend to lead more towards the bourbons, the rise, the scotches, and I like tequila too, but this isn't a tequila podcast, so we'll save that for the tequila podcast that'll be coming out sometime in the future. Maybe. We'll see. Doubt it. Make sure you like this and subscribe wherever you listen, and we'll be having more episodes coming out soon. Uh, we thank you for checking out this little new to whiskey series that we did. Hopefully, some of y'all learned some stuff. If you didn't, it's because you're so damn smart and you know everything already. So, once again, thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook, the Two Guys Drink Whiskey Podcast. If you have any questions, let us know. We'll see you later. Cheers. Cheers.